What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Coming at you with uh, an evening podcast. See if we get a little wacky tonight. We tend to do that on the night pod. Sunday night show. uh, Looking at a PPR mock draft. 12 teams, three wide receivers. How many wide receivers went in the first round? This was before the Tyreek Hill trade, by the way. But uh, we'll we'll lay it all out for you. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. And uh, Jamie, how was your... your kids sports weekend how did you guys do um it was great uh my seven-year-old uh hit a walk-off double Ooh. in the second game of doubleheader in extra innings um after he had just a miserable day he was uh going into that at bat he was one for six with four strikeouts Wow. So he did not have a great day overall, but he ended it on a very, very high note. So it was fun. That rocks. Like, that is yes. great perseverance. Yeah. Great feeling. My, uh, my nine-year-old, he had a rough day of baseball, but won his basketball games. Team still undefeated. He's been playing basketball now for three seasons, over two years. Uh, one was COVID shortened, but he has never lost a basketball game. Um, wow. It's, it's pretty remarkable. I'm trying to <laughs> jinx it, but um, team is undefeated this year. Last year, two ties, won a championship. And in the COVID shortened season, they didn't lose a game either. So how many games did they play for basketball? How many games in the COVID shortened season? Uh, I think five, maybe four or five. Okay. So I think we were ten and two in the ten zero and two, excuse me, um, in the championship run, and now we are six and zero oh in the uh, current season. Man. I think Bill. I think Bill Self is trying to join the Streamyard. <laughs> He, apparently, he's got $20,000 with him for you, James. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. We're going to update you on our March Madness It was a great weekend of college basketball, too. Almost. Uh, actually, almost. truthfully, it was not a great weekend of college basketball. The games weren't so good. But the next weekend of college basketball will be uh, yeah. incredible. Absolutely incredible, I, I, I would suspect. All right. So let's start with the Chiefs news here. Dave, they signed Ronald Jones to a one-year deal. They signed MVS to a three-year, $30 million deal. First of all, who's more overpaid, Christian Kirk or MVS? Kirk. Okay. Now, as we look at this draft, Clyde went in the, what did I say, the sixth round, the second pick of the sixth round, 62nd overall. He went just ahead of Chase Edmonds, and I got Devin Singletary like four or five picks later. 
then I was happy about that. But what do you think about 62nd overall for Clyde? If you're asking me, I, I think that that's kind of surprisingly good value. I think he'd go around higher than that in most drafts. He'd be off the board by 60th overall because people are going to recognize, okay, might not be the guy that we thought he was when he was taken in the first round of the NFL draft, but he's in his third year, should know the basics of the offense. I'd be a little bit worried about him splitting running downs work with Rojo and another running back playing on third downs. We'll see what ends up happening. I feel like 60 seconds is a little too late. You heard Jamie say steal. He's right. Uh, right around 50th to 55th overall. That's where he went in our draft. That's where I'd expect him to go now. What do you mean that's where he went in your draft? In our draft. But this is our draft. That's where seconds. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, oh, but I, <laughs> you got no, the bathroom. Okay. 50th to 55th overall is where I think he should go. <laughs> you were right, Adam. We are getting a little loopy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's in a, our future drafts. Yeah. People go in round seven. <laughs> Did you guys do a draft that I didn't know about, uh, Jamie? So what? What do you think the split is? What is? Uh, <laughs> what does the Kansas City backfield look like to you? Um. Does Bill sell the coach? Um, I think, you know, you you look at, uh, Dave said, if there's another guy added, you know, there's still a chance of, um, I think, at, you know, kind of the the thought process, maybe Jared McKinnon comes back, you know, because he was, you know, very successful for him, probably be cheap. Um, knows the system, can play sort of a dual role for them, as we saw. Uh, if, if it's that type of player, I'd be a little bit more concerned about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If it's a rookie that they, you know, invest in somewhat early, I'd be concerned about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If it's another, like, running downs guy, like another Ronald Jones type, then I would be very happy for Clyde Edwards there because uh, there, there was some stuff coming out of the you know Chiefs media that um, the Tyreek Hill trade is good for him because you know with what we saw from this Chiefs offense last year that you know if they're gonna you know sort of not necessarily worry about focusing throwing down the field if teams are gonna take that away and you know MBS we'll see you know what kind of role he has um, that that clearly assumption would be he's he's that type of player um, and Michael Hardman's that type of player but they're not Tyreek Hill. And so, you know, if, if they're going to be a little bit more conservative in how they approach things, uh, but still throw the ball, you know, a lot, that, you know, Kelsey and, and, and somebody out of the backfield will benefit. Right now, I think it's, it's CEH, you know, to me, by leaps and bounds over Ron Jones. In the Mahomes... But I will ask Andy Reid that question myself tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah, you guys will be at the owners' meetings, so our schedule's a little funky this week. We have tonight, we're doing our first show Sunday night. We'll have um, no show on Monday. That'll be the Sunday night show, obviously. No <laughs> show on Tuesday until 3 o'clock, I think. 3 o'clock on Tuesday. Usually we record at 10 a.m., so just a little bit later on Tuesday, and then I don't remember Thursday, but... Uh, well, 10 a.m. Thursday. All right, that's what I thought. I thought you changed it, Shraggy. There's the voice. Uh, the, the, the best golfer of the company, Ben Schrager, by the way. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. The very unhappy Pete Prisco. Oh, yeah. Let's start <laughs> it up. Shraggy B went golfing with Prisco. Whooped him this weekend, right? He didn't stand a chance. <laughs> uh, there has not been a 50-catch running back in the Mahomes era. Well, since he became the starter anyway. Uh, mate, wait, did Darrell? I think Darrell Williams had forty-eight last year. Um, do you He's think, still a free agent too? Do you think he we'll come back. get? He had forty-seven last year. Do you think we'll get a fifty-catch running back on the Chiefs in twenty twenty-two? I mean, Darrell Williams doing that in a in a part-time role is pretty impressive. So, yeah. I so actually, I'll I'll tell you, he had thirty of his forty-seven catches in six or seven. I think six games without Clyde edwards he, he was right. is, yeah, mm-hmm. in that role. I would say if Clyde Edwards-Alaire stays healthy, there will be a 50-catch running back for the Chiefs. 
Okay. And and nobody else like Clyde Edwards Elaire signs. Could it be that Clyde Edwards Elaire is the fifty catch back? <laughs> now we haven't really seen him as a pass catcher. That's what he meant, right? For Kansas City. Is that what you meant, Jamie? That Clyde yes. would be the fifty catch guy? I said that, yes. Dave's on a different planet. Sunday night, baby. Sunday night. All right. Oh, Sunday night. Dave, and he's the, he he did a good job catching the ball in college. Yeah. And we thought that he'd be able to. Was it 55 receptions at LSU? Yes. Yes. Look yeah. at you guys. Uh, but I, I think that he, like, they, they didn't trust him, obviously, in his rookie year or his second year. So it would take some big shakes during the preseason for him to get that in his third year. But what I about what about Clyde, though? <laughs> All right, just, <laughs> what about MVS? Dave, give me 30 seconds on MVS so we can start breaking down this draft. I'm not excited about him being there. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not half of Tyreek Hill. Didn't even have 700 yards in any of his seasons in Green Bay. Uh, to me, he's a double-digit round dart throw in real drafts or imaginary drafts in my head. Jamie, does it affect Miko Hardman or Juju Smith-Schuster at all? I don't think Juju, but I, th- I certainly think it affects Hardman. You know, they're going to be competing for that role. Uh, I would hope that Hardman has the inside track to win it. Um, the contract doesn't necessarily help his case. But, you know, he's been the one that has stepped up when Tyreek Hill has been out. To whatever extent you want to say he stepped up when Tyreek Hill has been out. So it's his opportunity. You know, they they certainly will use them both. Uh, I think all three receivers will be on the field a lot. And um, it just it, Juju's the one that has to really take the step forward. He's the one that has to sort of prove that he should be the focal point of the 150 plus targets that are vacated. You know, he's the one that needs to step into those opportunities. He's not going to do the same things that Tyreek Hill did, but he's got to step into those chances and hopefully he gets them. So I think Juju is a high end number three receiver. We're taking a chance on assuming everything's right with him physically. seems like that's the case. Uh, I would say Hardman is still the one I would look at second right now, but that will probably change if uh, we get better reports on MVS come training camp, but they're both, you know, around eight, nine plus. I had to move Juju up so much because I, I I definitely think the potential is there for him to rack up 75-plus catches now, get a decent average, and if, if he's going to be a short area target, then that'll come in handy in the red zone. Okay. Could see seven touchdowns out of him. Just going to fly through the notes here, and then we'll break down the draft. But Deshaun Watson, and by the way, we have a question here. This is important. Uh, the question was, Is the will you post the draft results anywhere? Trager just provided a link in the chat. But for those of you listening, the link is in the episode description. I will put a link. There's an article about it in the episode description, and you can follow along. Deshaun, I think, you know, just, just we're going to yeah. do a lot of these, clearly. Um, generally, either they're up the day that we are talking about them or within a day or two afterwards. So there, there's always an article that's, that's associated with the draft. Deshaun Watson could be placed on the commissioner's exempt list, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. He was the eighth quarterback drafted in in our draft. He went in the first with the first pick of round nine, and that was to Dave. And the next pick, by the way, was Ronald Jones before he had a team. Rob Gronkowski is undecided about playing, according to his agent Drew Rosenhaus. There is some trade interest in Devontae Parker, according to the Miami Herald. Carolina GM Scott Fitterer said that Sam Darnold is in the lead for the quarterback job. They also could bring Cam Newton back. What? Just those, what a, bad for Panthers fans. What, a, what an offseason <laughs> all this, for them. All these quarterback activities happened this offseason. <laughs> They're staring at Sam Darnold again. Well, a good chance they draft someone. But, yeah. 
uh, by the way, DJ Moore played four games with Cam Newton starting and finishing. Now, in some of those games, Cam Newton was not playing all the snaps. You know, they had rotated in PJ Walker and whatnot, but uh, Moore was pretty good. He had scored he scored fourteen point three or more PPR fantasy points in three of fourteen of uh, three or four games. No more than sixteen points in any game. He didn't have any huge games, but he did have a hundred and three yard game, an eighty four yard game, so not bad. Uh, Denver is open to bringing Melvin Gordon back. And Giants CEO John Mara said the team is not actively shopping Saquon Barkley. Doesn't mean he won't get traded, but according to John Mara, what that means is they haven't gotten an offer they like. There you go. Uh, Let's give a congratulations to someone named Dalton Everhart, who is leading our March Madness pool in college basketball tournament that nobody needs to watch anymore because nobody cares because Miami lost. But Dalton. Congratulations. You have 85 points. This is close. 85 points. Uh, Second place is Chris Warner, who has 84 points. And Dalton has Villanova, and Chris has Kansas. And they are playing on Saturday. Uh, There are some other people still alive. Tyler has Duke. Chris has UNC. So it looks like those are... I guess I don't know their finals matchups. But, yeah, we still have a a number of people still alive to win the pool. And uh, if you you win it, you get a $100 gift card at Paramount Plus and a spot in the podcast league. And I just want to say in the cousins pool that I am running with my cousins and a couple friends, one person in the pool who may may or may not be related to me has 35 points, has a maximum point of 35, and I've never seen anyone do that poorly in a March Madness pool while while trying to do well. This is the worst performance I've ever seen to my brother Dave. You have done a, just a horrible do- job and disgraced my last name. I mean, did he pick the Jets to win the Final Four? <laughs> he picked Gonzaga. Uh, a lot of people did that. Yeah. He went well, with... Adam, know, give I me haven't... a second. I'm going to pull up something that you need to see right now. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, boy. Let's see. He had Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Iowa. So he lost two Final Four teams on the first day. <gasps> Schrager, you got 34 points. Oh, you did worse no. than my brother. Are you kidding? I entered this bracket everywhere. <laughs> my perfect bracket. <laughs> I just I just looked. So my my kids did brackets for the first time, the two older ones. And my older one, my older son is nine. He's in 56th place in our in our podcast one. He's got 69 points right now. Wow. <laughs> I have 43. <laughs> oh, 43 is not bad, but thir- not good, but 34 from Schrager is worse. You lost your champion on the first day, Kentucky. Way to go. Ronan has double Schrager's score. Hey, by the way. And Dave, both kids, independently of themselves, picked Duke to win it. That's good. They, they, were, they went for the sentimentality with, with Coach K. So anyway, the, the madness continues. Don't miss a moment of the action on CBS, TBS, TNT, and True TV. And download the March Madness Live app to watch every game anywhere, anytime. Live. March Madness Live app. Uh, we're doing a mailbag on Thursday, so leave us a review on Apple and include your question, and we will answer it live on the show. That's the best way to get your question read. You can send an email to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, but if you leave a five-star review, that'd be awesome. Dave, by the way, I believe you are going to retire as you have made a big sale, big Sale on your life, uh, some extra income. What did you sell <laughs> on the internet? I, uh, I've been putting some cards that I don't want anymore on eBay, and I had a 2013 Leaf Rookies and Stars, number two of 10 of Jacquez Rogers, and I put it on eBay. Guess how much I got for it? 
10 of them made in the world, but it's of Jacquez Rogers. I'm going to guess 82 cents. Jamie? Dollar fifty. Anybody else? Less than a dollar. Well, okay. One cent. <laughs> <laughs> I sold them an item on eBay for one cent plus 75 cents to ship it to them <laughs> by throwing it in an envelope and putting a stamp on the envelope. <laughs> that rocks. I took I took my kids to a card store this weekend. I saw and, you did that. Good for you. And uh, so there was like a just a, a, a bunch of like football cards that were uh, 50 cents. So I bought a bunch of 50 cent cards of like Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. And just so they had them. It was fun. That's cool. Be cool. to have. Now I will break off this sale card. and sell you the, the jock quiz <laughs> for 50 cents. If you uh, want to really splurge on the kiddos. You know, I know your uh, your son's about to start college, so if you need some help for the college one, I will, I will give you 50 cents for Jack with Roger. <laughs> that rocks. All right, let's get into our mock draft. 12 teams, full PPR, one QB. I wish I had 140,000 Jack with Rogers cards to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> one QB, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and a flex. Again, three receivers and a flex and full oh, PPR. I'm so broke. So the uh, the... Uh, the wide receiver pool, I don't know. By the time, let's see, who went in round six? Uh, Darnell Mooney, Marquise Brown, Cortland Sutton. I guess that's not so bad. Round seven, wide receivers, Renfro, Thielen, Kirk, Gabriel Davis, Juju, Gallup. That's not so bad. All right, there's some depth. <laughs> hey, your whole point just got thrown out the window? It didn't feel as good. Well, if you wait too long to get your third receiver, you might be in trouble. Take it to round eight. Round eight, Robert Woods, Cordaro Patterson. Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore. Yeah, there it is. Round Jarvis eight. Landry went in round eight. Not so good. Kadarius Russell Tony. Gage, Kadarius Tony, last pick. So, Jamie, you wrote the, the write-up of this. Was there a major takeaway? Uh, really what I did was I kind of just went through and, and noted where most of the free agent or transactions and the players have were taken. Um, you know, like you said, it was before the uh, before the trade. Uh, before the Tyree Kill trade, so like, I, I just hate when that happens. Like you know, we do a lot of these in the in the uh, preseason, and there's an injury that occurs. You know, so we'll do a draft on a Tuesday. I'll write the story on Wednesday. <laughs> My Wednesday afternoon, somebody got hurt, so it's like bleep. <laughs> what can we do yeah. is draft again. Um, so it was really just you know, you mentioned you know where Dave took Deshaun Watson. It was stuff like that. You know, just just taking a look at those type of things. Like I thought Robert Woods went a little too soon. Um, just, you know, one of the names that you mentioned, um, and it was sort of like some, some of the fallout, like Edmonds versus Mostert, you know, comparing those two, um, those two transactions, you know, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, they both went around three, you know, taking a look at that, um, you know, and just kind of assessing, you know, those, the value to some of those, those moves, the quarterbacks kind of where they were. It's, I, I hate our drafts for quarterbacks because it's never really a representation of what people do. So you kind of have to put it in context of not necessarily when the quarterbacks come off the board, but the order that they come off the board. Um, yeah. So it's kind of stuff like that. Yeah. All right. We can start with Fournette and and Connor. Fournette went twenty sixth overall, one pick after Jalen Waddle, which of course doesn't make a ton of sense right now, but it did at the time. And then James Connor went five picks later, so they were round three picks. In between them, if we just look at running backs, Aaron Jones went. So it went Fournette, Aaron Jones, James Conner, and then Montgomery, and then Cam Akers. Those were the five running backs of round three. Fournette, Jones, Conner, Montgomery, Akers. 
Dave, you think that order works? What do you think? I think it's close to working. Maybe Fournette should be shuffled to the bottom of that order. Um, I, I like Jones a little bit more now, given the way the Packers' offense is structured and given how he may end up seeing a bump in targets just because they don't have a lot going on at wide receiver, which seems weird because you've got Aaron Rodgers there. Why wouldn't they just lean on him and try and help him or have him try and help other receivers become better than what they are? Quarterbacks make the receivers, especially when they're as good as Rodgers. But I still see Jones having an uphill battle to get a ton of touches, but I still think he's the best guy there. And I think that they'll probably lean on both running backs a little bit more. So we're at the point in the draft where you're looking at either running backs that are workhorse guys on bad teams, that's David Montgomery, or guys who are good running backs on good teams that might be around 15 touches per game. I feel like that's Jones. It's a, it was an interesting group. You know, you could take it even into round four of, or the end of round three with, with Akers going to the end of round three and then into Josh Jacobs. I was surprised Jacobs made it out of round three. Um, you know, given what he showed last year and what maybe he might be with Josh McDaniels and what could be an upgrade in this offense with the addition of Devontae Adams. So um, it, it, it really was one of those things where I think it just a matter of what you, you know, were looking at. Like I had a little buyer's remorse of taking Antonio Gibson at the end of round two and passing on Debo Samuel. That's something I won't do again um, because the guys that were there in round three where I took Evans, um, of Jones, of Connor, of Montgomery, Jacobs, Akers, you know, I, I like that pairing a little bit more. I was curious just to see. I did it purposely. I was curious to see which receivers would would come back in round three mm-hmm. by going running back, running back. And after doing it, I wasn't thrilled. Now, obviously, if Chris Godwin's 100%, Godwin would have been an easy choice, but I don't think he's there either if we get to that point. So you're saying you would rather have you would rather have Debo Samuel and James Aaron Conner. Jones would have been my selection. Okay, Debo Samuel and Aaron Jones versus Antonio Gibson and Mike Evans. Yep. But like I said, I did, I did that consciously just to see how it would look. Gibson was the last running back that I liked at that point. Um, and then it was, okay, let's see which, run, which receivers are available. I think it doesn't really make sense to start in round three. I wanted to talk about those two running backs, but I jumped out of order. So why don't we start at the top? Sure. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, again, three receiver PPR league, but we still had a ton of running backs in the first round. I think there were eight or nine. And let's see, the non-running backs were Cup. Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. So there were nine running backs in round one. The first round looks like this. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, and Cooper Cup was five. Alvin Kamara was six. Taylor, Eckler, McCaffrey, Henry, Cup, Kamara. It's your first six. Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift are well, seven. Let's stop eight. there for a second. If Kamara has a four-game suspension, who would you have taken? Oh, not him. <laughs> in fact, I was going to say... I. I I think I have remorse there. I, I don't think I should have taken Kamara. I'm a little concerned about him, and maybe we should talk about this, but yeah, they do have Mark Ingram. When you just look at the games where Mark Ingram was there, the playing time was down significantly for Kamara. The touches weren't as consistent, and he's not on a top-five offense anymore. So he could get away with that when he was when he was splitting, when Drew Brees was the quarterback. But I don't know. I When I was thinking about it today, that was my pick. I took Kamara sixth overall. Five to me is like a sweet spot. Get one of those top four running backs or or cup. Um, I ha- I don't think I would do that again. I think I'd probably take a wide receiver there. Uh, what do you guys think? You think Kamara deserves to be a top six pick? He's still in the conversation. You know, I I, I think there's 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 still a lot to like. You know, and again, Dennis Allen and 
uh, Carmichael, you know, they, they may decide that they're going to lean on Kamara more, you know, and, and get the most out of him before he's washed up and, and maybe done in a year. They may lean on him less. Like you said, you know, with Mark Ingram there, they might want to keep him fresh because they still envision themselves as a playoff team. Jameis with a new voice in his ear, essentially may have some different options in leaning on him. Michael Thomas being back scoring chances may be up, you know, so there's still some positives, but there's also some, some negatives, but I think he's in the same range of these guys of Najee and, and Dalvin cook. I, I would take them both over Deandre Swift still, but, or those guys over Deandre Swift, but you, know, you can make a strong argument that Mixon should be right there too. Um, mm-hmm. with the offensive line upgrades that the Bengals have and the way that he played last year too. So they're all kind of in a jumbled, you know, group, um, Still all worthy of first-round consideration, but I, I could see why you took him. I could also see if you would have gone a different route, too. I would have taken Najee. I would have I would taken the, the younger. Yeah, and Cook, too. You said Cook, and I agree with both, but Najee's younger. I know that the Steelers' offense isn't going to be a top-five offense either, but he should be a workhorse back there. The offensive line's already gotten better this offseason. Maybe they'll draft somebody else to make it even better. They'll probably draft a rookie quarterback as well to compete with Trubisky for the starting job, and the passing offense shouldn't be any worse than it was last year. I don't know how many 13 target games or however many targets he had. I think it was like week two, week three, he had like a ton of targets. I don't think I'll have many of that, but I bet he gets a bunch of four and five target games and they manufacture work for him and you know, shot at getting well over 50 receptions again and helpful for fantasy purposes. It's not that the Steelers offense isn't going to be that good. It's that it might be awful. Where out of 32 teams, where do you think just ballpark the Steelers are right now, offensively. Uh, with a bottom third, I was going to say like right at the top of the bottom third, but I'm not sure if I can name ten offenses that are worse. Yeah, because I I think they could be one of the five worst offenses in football, and that would probably hurt Najee Harris quite a bit. But I, I would think they could be better than what they were last year. I don't think I don't see that, but they could be. It, well, okay, obviously. I mean, if Mason Ru- Rudolph. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not Mason Rudolph. It's uh, well, it could be Mason Rudolph. I don't think they really want no, it to it's be Mason Rudolph. It's Trubisky, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they were. I think they were 20th in scoring last year, so I think they'll be a little worse. But he was a top five running back. Uh, yeah, I would Najee put him about the same. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, let's go past that then. Let's go to after. I'll just take a look at what. Fred Schrager, go back up to the top of round uh, one. After Kamara, it's Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Tyreek Hill before the trade, and Joe Mixon. And then round it's two. That's an obvious omission. It's terrible. Yeah, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, who, who should he have gone ahead of? Well, I mean, factoring even Tyreek Hill, you know, you, you, I would have taken him over Hill to begin with before the trade. So, um, but he should be in the first round. He certainly should be ahead of DeAndre Swift. So nine running backs in the first round. I believe there were only three in the second round. So this was a very wide receiver, tight end heavy round in round two. Nick Chubb, interesting pick at 12 overall, or 13 overall, I guess. But to start, Marone started his team, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. Don't think a lot of people are going to go that route in a three-receiver PPR league, guys. What do you think? Well, that that's the route you go if you want to lock up running back early. And you just hope that wide receiver kind of falls to you. I'm curious to see how his team ends up after starting running back, running back. I've done that countless times, and sometimes the receivers are great, and sometimes the receivers are terrible. I think there's there's definitely a stigma about Nick Chubb and PPR leagues because he doesn't get a lot of targets. 
and that'll continue to be the case with Deshaun Watson under center. He doesn't target his running backs very much. But he's still been 15-plus PPR points per game each of the last two years with limited targets, and it's because he scores a lot of touchdowns and eats up a lot of yardage. The question I've got is if, if Deshaun isn't suspended at all, how much does that really change their their approach week to week? Because they were very run heavy with without Deshaun there. And now that Deshaun's there, they're they're not gonna, you know, they're not paying him 230 mil to just hand off to Nick Chubb every single week. So I, I'm a little bit worried about Chubb breaking through and being 18 to 20 PPR points per game. I don't think that's happening. I think if you're drafting him, you need to assume that like part of the best case scenario is right around 16 PPR points per week. And there's other players that are at 13th overall that I think can be better than that. I guess the one thing that we could see is the beginning part of the season that there's a suspension. Like you said, Dave, there could be a lot of Nick Chubb. The other part of it is yeah, I don't think, yes, they're going to bring in Deshaun Watson to make him Baker Mayfield plus. I think they're going to obviously allow him to be who he is. But at the same time, he's never played in Kevin Stefanski's offense in the system. And it might be more of a byproduct of, okay, this is what we do. We're going to incorporate what you do, but you got to do what we do a little bit too. And so it could still be a lot more of, of the run game, run-centric, involving running backs, not just necessarily him, but obviously Kareem Hunt too. So we could see Deshaun's game altering a little bit as well. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a horrible pick there, but that's another guy that should not have gone ahead of Jamar Chase. I'm going to tell you how his team turned out. I'm going to compare two teams. I'm going to compare Marone's team and Jacob Gibbs' team. Because Jacob went wide receiver, wide receiver, and Marone went running back, running back. I'm Jacob gonna went three receivers in a row. Oh, did he? Okay. So three, I just want to tell you real quick for Nick Chubb, where he's finished per game in full PPR the last three seasons at RB, 10th, 8th, and 12th. He's been 8 to 12 per game in PPR each of the last three seasons. Now, here's Marone's team. I think I think he you know, did pretty well. He's got Kyler Murray at quarterback, who he took in round 7. He's got Mixon and Chubb. And then he's got really interesting receivers. Hopkins, Metcalf, and Devontae Smith. And TJ Hawkinson. It's not bad. I mean, his flex, I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, it's Tony Pollard, which could be one of the best picks. You know, there's an easy path to that being the best pick of the draft. One of the best picks. Uh, if he's bad, you know, if he's... Yep. You know, I remember him taking Pollard. I wanted Pollard. Carson, Ayuk. So whatever. Forget about his flex. We'll, f- we'll figure that out. But... I think he did a decent job getting Hopkins and Metcalf and Devontae Smith to go along with Mixon and Chubb. Plus, Kyler Murray's a plus at quarterback, and TJ Hawkinson's a top eight tight end. So I'd give this team, uh, what, I'd give it an A-. minus, Fellas? I mean, it's just questions on Metcalf. All the receivers. Does Metcalf and Smith, are they serviceable two, two and three at receiver? I mean, Metcalf's obviously such a wild card right now. All right, let's take a look at Jacob's team. Jacob, I love his first four picks. Jacob went Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne. That's a pretty solid starting five. Jefferson, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Darnell Mooney, Dallas Goddard. And who's after that, Ben? You can scroll down. Uh, Cordaro Patterson... Trey Lance, all right, so quarterback's an issue here, potentially. Maybe. Potentially, right. Trey Lance, Madison, Antonio Brown, Khalil Herbert. Which team do you like better? Jacobs. Uh, I think I'll go with Maron. Yeah, I think Maron, too. All 
All right, let's go to round two of this draft. So after Chubb, Javante Williams, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, receiver run. And then do you anticipate it taking this long for the tight ends to come off the board? Sixth pick of round two, Travis Kelsey. Three picks later, Mark Andrews. That feel late to you, Jamie? Uh, Pre-Tyree Kill, no. Post-Tyree Kill trade, yes. I think Travis Kelsey will creep up closer to the first round. So Mark Andrews is so interesting because, you know, numbers with Lamar Jackson, without Lamar Jackson, you know, when people actually dive into it, you're going to find out that he was still very good, still should be the number two tight end up the board, just not as productive as he was when it was the backups in there. So uh, is there more Rashad Bateman? Is there still as much Marquise Brown? Is there a better run game because it was such a disaster last season by comparison with the injuries? How much is Mark Andrews going to benefit or maybe lose as a result of those things? So I think he's an appropriate, in an appropriate spot in round two, but he still should be a round two selection if you want one of the top tier tight ends because he is uh, the second guy there. But uh, Kelsey, I think, fell a little bit too far if you're factoring in Tyreek Hill no longer on the Chiefs, which we did not in this draft. Yeah. I, I think that the offseason hasn't been kind to tight ends. Kittle, probably going to have Trey Lance as his quarterback. We'll see. Uh, maybe that's not so bad. That's something we kind of expected all along. Does that mean that he's going to be better than last year? I I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out, having Trey Lance as, as his quarterback, because he's just such a different type of quarterback than what they've had previously with Kyle Shanahan there. Waller just saw Devontae Adams get added. That's not going to be good for his target volume. And uh, and the other tight end in, in that group of three, four, five, I, I think it's kind of bad for Andrews too. But Pitts now has Mariota. I think that caps his upside. And Andrews, uh, you, you talked about it, Jamie. I, I, I want to go talk to John Harbaugh at the owners' meetings and ask him if he was happy that the Ravens were 10th in pass rate last year. Totally different for them. Are they going to stick to that? Or are they going to go back to where they were in years prior? And I'm sure I'm going to get a line about game flow and how it, he can't really say at this point because he doesn't give answers for anything, but I'll try anyway. I think it hurts Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson coming back and with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards coming back. The Ravens are going to be able to run the ball a lot better than they did last year, having a healthier, younger running attack. And that's going to take targets away from Andrews. That being said, he's still the second-best tight end. If you want to have an edge over your competition in fantasy, I think he's the guy to get after Travis Kelsey. I just don't know if I'm ready to pawn up a late second-round pick to do it with him. I just want to make a point because I know I'll forget, and and this is off-subject a little bit. We'll get back to round two. If you are Jacob Gibbs and you loaded up at wide receiver and you got this solid team, but Trey Lance is your quarterback— I do feel like you have to take a second quarterback, and he could have still taken mm. Jalen Hurts. He could have taken Matthew Stafford. I'm fine with you taking Trey Lance, but I I really feel like there's no need, there's no reason not to. We're talking double digit rounds at that point. Just well, let's see. What are the quarterbacks available on waivers right now? I got Stafford at 145th in the draft. I'm not sure where uh, what was around like that area. Round 12, round 11 for Jacob, for Jacob, I should say. Yeah, he took Khalil Herbert. He, he didn't make bad picks or anything, but I just feel like Trey Lance probably should not be your only quarterback. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, it's 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 hard to say with a mock draft and, and what your you know approach would be. Are you taking more chances on, oh, I really love this receiver. I really love this running back, and I want to just see what it looks like, how it fits in, in the puzzle. Um the quarterbacks that did not get drafted, again, we did this draft before the trade, so Tua would probably be the most exciting one. 
Um, Tannehill, Matt Ryan. I mean, it's not great. Yeah. Golf. He could have had Hertz or Stafford, and uh, instead he took Antonio Brown. Jameis Winston. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, again, if he's probably building his team a little bit differently, maybe that's the spot that he, you know, takes a, a different player, takes a quarterback there. So, yeah. No. Um, it's also look. There's, there's, there's. We know there's going to be a guy or two that doesn't get drafted in a lot of leagues. That's going to emerge. You know, Jameis could be that guy. Tua could be that guy. Um, Trevor Lawrence, if he doesn't get drafted, you know who knows. All right, finishing off round two after Kelsey, it was Stefan Diggs, who was what the sixth or seventh wide receiver off the board. Three, four, five. I think it was the seventh. No, he was the sixth. Then Ceedee Lamb, he was the seventh. Mark Andrews, Antonio Gibson, Debo Samuel, and Keenan Allen. All right, round three. We've already talked about the running backs in this round. Here's the round three wide receivers. Dave took Jalen Waddle. He would not do that now. Dave, where would you take Jalen Waddle now? He'd be a little bit lower. He might be around four pick now. This pick would have probably been, I'm looking to see who's available. Mike Evans would probably have been the pick for me there at the top of round three. So Waddle, Fournette, Evans, Chris Godwin, Aaron Jones, Amari Cooper, James Conner, David Montgomery, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Cam Akers, DeAndre Hopkins. I felt, Jamie, I said this on FFT and five, that with my pick of Amari Cooper in round six, around third pick of sixth pick of round three, I'm sorry. I really didn't like it. I was I was just praying that Godwin or Aaron Jones would make it to me. They went with the two picks right before my pick. And I felt right there like I had reached a point where I just didn't love the options anymore. Not to say they're bad, but I love Godwin. I love Aaron Jones there. I don't love my pick of Amari Cooper. I think I should have taken Cam Akers. I would have liked that a lot more. But at what point do you see the talent fall off where we're no longer looking at studs and it gets a little more questionable? I feel like every year at some point in round three, where do you think it is? I mean, we're starting to get to that point of receiver. I would have taken T. Higgins over Cooper. Um, but... Uh, you know, look, if there is a four-game suspension for Watson, the two-game suspension for Watson, Amari Cooper around three might not be a steal, you know, with just how we've seen Deshaun with his number one guy. I mean, Hopkins was amazing. Uh, Will Fuller, the year he was amazing, you know, so Cooper certainly fits that profile. Um, and, you know, depending on what side of the, you know, Brown's leisure you're on of are they going to run or are they going to throw more, you know, if they're going to throw more, then he's going to be the one that benefits the most. So, it's not a bad pick there if you're gambling on, you know, whatever amount of games Deshaun Watson misses. But uh, clearly, if it's a six-game suspension or more, then Cooper's not going around three. He's probably going closer to around five. Do you think there's a point yeah, where around four. do you think there's know. a point where we drop off to from studs to question marks? Here, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, but you still have a lot of really, really good, high upside guys in this round. Round three is pretty good. How about round four? We'll tell you about it after we take a quick break on fantasy football today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're back to talk about the tight end round. Three tight ends come off the board 
within six picks in round four. But the first pick of round four is DK Metcalf, who went to Maron. Like we talked about his team, Mixon Chubb in rounds one and two, Hopkins Metcalf in rounds three and four. Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, then Josh Jacobs, then Michael Thomas, and then Saquon Barkley, then Darren Waller. But the first six picks of round four are Metcalf, Pitts, Kittle, Josh Jacobs, Michael Thomas, and Saquon Barkley. Jamie, is there a pick that stands out in a good or bad way there? I like Michael Thomas a lot there. You know, I think if he's right, this is a, a steal, you know, so you got to hope that he's back at 100%. You got to hope that he's on the same page with Jameis, but uh, I like him better than Metcalf right now, um, you know, just based on the quarterback situation that both are looking at. So, uh, you know, that pick stands out. I, I mentioned the Josh Jacobs one. I thought he should go in round three, you know, amongst yeah. those other running backs. And then Barkley's such a wild card, man. If he's if he's anything close to what he can be, you know, they're, they're, you're going to love a lot of a lot of people that end up with Saquon Barkley in round three or later. You know, I'm, I'm going to guess round four is, is probably going to end up being a spot where he goes unless it's a really running back heavy draft. But, um, you know, healthy, better offense just based on system, he could be awesome. Would you guys rather have Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins? Still Hopkins. Hopkins for me. Dave, let's go to the last six picks of round four. Darren Waller, Deontay Johnson, J.K. Dobbins, D.J. Moore, Amonra St. Brown, and Brandon Cooks, which was your pick. So it's Waller, Deontay, Dobbins, D.J. Moore, Amonra, and Brandon Cooks. Anything stand out there? I think St. Brown got taken way too soon. I don't see him being worth a, a top 50 pick. I just don't don't think he can recreate that role that we saw at the end of last year when Swift was out for a bunch of those games, Hawkinson was out for those games, and they've added Chark. They're going to add other wide receivers. I think that target volume is going to go down to maybe seven and a half targets per game, which is still good. I just don't think it's top 50 good. So St. Brown wouldn't be the pick there. Johnson is my favorite, Deontay, because I still think he's still going to get a lot of, of targets and a lot of looks. I know it's Mitchell Trubisky. Well, last year he had Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger was terrible. And that offensive line will be a little bit better. And if Trubisky comes through on the one thing that he told uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio about, which is he's doing a better job of making reads, that's what he learned to do, was progress through his reads a lot faster in Buffalo. If he brings that to Pittsburgh, he'll at least be a little bit more efficient, won't turn the ball over as much, and maybe he'll be a little less scared with the football. Maybe that'll lead to him throwing a little bit more in the intermediate areas. That would help Deontay Johnson as well. To me, it's a volume play with Johnson. You're hoping that he gets around eight or nine targets per game and carries that through 17 games. Okay, guys, Deontay Johnson or Michael Thomas? I currently have Johnson here. Uh, Johnson. Okay, uh, so then Johnson or Hopkins? I got Johnson one spot ahead of Hopkins in PPR. Uh, same. I, I, you know, I want to I hear something about Hopkins' health. And, you know, I, I know everything seems to be heading in the right direction with Kyler Murray, but I still think he's got the leverage point of wanting to hold out, and it wouldn't surprise me if that happens once we get to training camp. That would be brutal. The other thing that I'm wondering about is who else is playing wide receiver for Arizona this year? Mm -hmm. Not not many people right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah the, the team that went from having too many wide receivers now suddenly doesn't, it feels like they don't have enough. Let's go to round five. We'll do one more round, and then we'll recap our teams. Dave takes Elijah Mitchell, then Michael Carter. That was a tough pick for me. That was a really tough one. Yeah, why? Because all the quarterbacks were still there. 
So I could have I could have been the first guy to take the quarterback off the board, and it would have been the first pick in round five. And I think that just screams great value. But I would have been hurting at running back. That this is my RB two. This is me trying to not take too many running backs early on. And there, there are just there are a lot of red flags about Elijah Mitchell, man, that make me nervous about him coming through uh, in his second season. But I took him anyway just because I wanted to have something there uh, at RB two, knowing that I could get a quarterback later on anyway, which I did. Got two of them. If you had on. taken a quarterback there, Josh Allen. Then you could have just done what you did in round six and seven, taking Miles Sanders and AJ. Yeah, Dillon. you would have taken Mahomes though, because you had Mahomes one prior to the trade, right? Did I? Oh, yeah. okay. Then I would have taken Mahomes first. Oh, we would have laughed right at you. That. Three uh, days later, we, we would have said, ah. <laughs> uh, but no, you still took two running backs with your next two picks in the end of round six and beginning of round sure, seven. And that part of that was just uh, a, a reaction to taking Mitchell and just trying to have enough running backs to find a good RB two. Theoretically, over the course of the season, I'd be able to pick from who I Mitchell, Sanders, and then one other guy. I don't remember. AJ Dillon. There it is. So between those three, one of them would be my RB two from week to week. And at that point mm-hmm. in the draft, I think I already had three receivers. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like going when I've got the early pick. I took Jonathan Taylor first overall. Obviously, that's a stud. Three receivers right after that, and then starting to collect those running backs, kind of in that dead zone. That part I don't like a lot either, but. It's toward the end of the dead zone. It's not terrible value. It shouldn't kill my team. And your tight end is Zach Ertz. Not terrible. So you didn't completely punt there. Okay. So back to round five, and the quarterbacks, two of them will come off the board. Elijah Mitchell, Michael Carter, Josh Allen to Jamie. He pulled the trigger. He took the first quarterback. 13 seconds later, he took the second quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Jerry Judy. So if you're wondering, where do those Broncos guys go? Jerry Judy went in round five, and Cortland Sutton went in round six. What's better value? Sutton. Uh, I was going to take Judy, but I was like, you know what? The quarterbacks have stayed on the board too long, and I, I wanted to see how that played out. But Judy was the one I was eyeing. Ezekiel Elliott went after Jerry Judy. Then Michael Pittman, Allen Robinson, Travis Etienne, Elijah Moore, Tyler Lockett, and Devontae Smith. Again, Those first three receivers oh, that you mentioned, Pittman, Robinson, and Moore, feels like such good value if they all hit. If they all hit, yeah, but how optimistic are you? Like, this was before? No, this was after the Matt Ryan trade. So, okay, yeah, so mid to late round five, top 60 picks, Alan, Michael Pittman, Allen Robinson, Elijah Moore, and then Tyler Lockett and Devontae Smith. You're saying those first three stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly you can see the upside. You know, the the downside, you know, you, you've seen it with Robinson already. You know, is is he done or is it just a byproduct of how messy things were in Chicago at the end? Uh, Elijah Moore, can he stay healthy? Uh, when he was healthy, he was, you know, pretty fantastic last season. Most of it, although it wasn't with Zach Wilson, so that's what you have to factor in there. And then with Pittman, you know, can he, you know, be the guy for Matt Ryan? Can he get over the touchdown uh, the lack of touchdown potential that might be coming his way, but who else is he going to be sharing the field with? But, I mean, you know, you could say quarterback upgrade for the first two guys, and, and Elijah Moore seems to be somebody that's a breakout candidate if, if he stays on the field for, for 17 games. All right, Dave, any final thoughts on this round? A lot of wide receivers here. I thought I thought Allen Robinson went too early. Mm, how come? Just because I, I don't know if he can be explosive. He, he's going to need target volume. And I don't know how much of it's going to be there from game to game if Cooper Cup is still Cooper Cup. 
he's never really been explosive except for that first breakout year. It's just not him. And No, he's needed tons and tons of targets. I think you're hoping for touchdowns, right? But it's also been well, that would be targets from crappy quarterbacks. So hopefully, you know, if it's less targets, it's better, better targets and a better offense. Yeah. Does that make him a much more efficient wide receiver? Does that? I don't mind the gamble in round five. You know, the guys that he went ahead of, Elijah Moore, okay. I would take more over him, but I I I would see, you know, you're gambling there. Um, Darnell Mooney, Marquise Brown, Cortland Sutton, to me, they're all very similar. You know, you can see the upside, see the downside. You know, Mooney now, the the target hog, hopefully, in Chicago. Marquise Brown was uh, very good, if not great, last year when Lamar Jackson was on the field. And we, you know, have to be excited about Cortland Sutton. So, you know, they're all kind of similar. You know, so if you have, uh, you know, inkling that this is going to be Allen Robinson bouncing back because he's going through the Rams car wash, similar to what happened to Robert Woods when he was, you know, coming off a bad Buffalo situation to OBJ coming off a bad Brown situation. You know, I mean, there, there's evidence there that guys can come in, you know, Robinson a little bit on the older side by comparison, but, you know, he can come in and, and hopefully if there is nobody like Beckham coming back or even Beckham comes back and he's not ready to go at the start of the season, you know, if he's competing with Van Jefferson for that second wide receiver spot, I like I like Allen Robinson that in in round five. I no, Beckham wasn't really that good though. Beckham averaged thirty eight yards per game with the Rams. He came in with no training camp. He came in with nothing. You know, off he the didn't street. do well. You know, like but he, he, still, he he scored. They trusted him in scored. big spots. He started getting better as the season went on. I mean, the Super Bowl, the first half was he was on his way to a huge game. He had three targets, I mean, but he, I mean, yes, he had two catches, fifty two yards, and a touchdown. He he definitely scored, and I think that's what you're hoping for with Robinson. You're hoping that he's Second on the team in touchdowns. But it's it's going to be a full off season of Stafford, a full off season of McVay, a full off season to get himself acclimated. I would say he's better better situation than Beckham. Whether he's better than Beckham, I don't know, but better situation than Beckham. He's also bounced back before Allen Robinson. You know, Allen Robinson has. He, he tore his ACL in 2017. Played one, like one snap basically, one catch. Uh, and then he had a bad year in 2018, but bounced back very nicely the following two years. I bet people thought he was probably done after that 2018 season, 754 yards in 13 games. And then uh, after that, he had two strong years in a row. All right, let's talk about our teams now. We will recap. And Dave, you had the first pick. So how did it turn out? I like my team. Jonathan Taylor at running back versus overall my receivers, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, Brandon Cooks. I would scratch out Waddle and put in Mike Evans there now. If I could go back in a time machine, I don't have Waddle as the 25th best player in PPR now that Tyreek Hill's there. Um, Mitchell at running back along with Sanders and Dylan. We talked about that. Hopefully between those three guys, I've got an RB2, maybe have a flex along with it. And then second half of my draft, just really tried to target upside and value. Kadarius Toney, Deshaun Watson at 97th overall. And if I'm without him for half the season, I've got Stafford at 145th overall. Zach Ertz at 120th overall. If the Arizona Cardinals don't add anybody, that's good for Zach Ertz because then his target volume will be there. Uh, Valdez Scantling, Pat Fryermuth, KJ Hamler, three guys that I'm just throwing darts at in the double-digit rounds. They all came in round 11 or later. MVS was one of them. This was obviously before the, t- the signing. It was before the Tyreek Hill trade. But yeah, I kind of drafted him thinking he'd be back in Green Bay. I'm just curious since it won't come up. Nicole Hardman, he went in round 14. Oh, but again, this was, sorry. Pre-Tyreek. Yeah. Yep. All right, recapping Dave's team one more time. Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor and Elijah Mitchell at running back, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddell, and Brandon Cooks. That would now be Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Brandon Cooks. Zach Ertz at tight end, and right now the flex is Miles Sanders. Could be A.J. Dillon. Could be Kadarius Toney. 
something like that. Okay, Jamie, you had, what, the third pick? Yep. How'd your team turn out, Jamie? Um, if You know, it's okay. There were some things, like I said, I, I would have done differently if I was actually uh, drafting this for real. I was just trying a few different things. I like to do that in these early mock drafts. So Josh Allen, quarterback, uh, McCaffrey and Antonio Gibson at running back, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen at receiver, Dalton Schultz at tight end. Uh, Raheem Mostert would be the flex right now on the bench. The two running backs I have are Kenneth Gainwell and Jared Patterson. Uh, Odell Beckham, Clay, Chase Claypool, Nico Collins, and Corey Davis at receiver. All right, so again, he has Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, and Antonio Gibson. And let me just ask you guys, how are you feeling about Antonio Gibson? I like him in the back end of round two. Um, like I said, I wouldn't have taken him over Debo Samuel if I was actually doing this because I wanted to see how it worked out. But he's in that group of, of guys of Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, uh, Josh Jacobs. You know, I think he's at the front of it still. Um, this is should be uh, still a, a good offense in terms of how they run the ball. I think they still the catalyst of this offense with Carson Wentz. Uh, the nice thing is Wentz has shown you, at least from last year, that he can you know command a good run game. Um, I don't think Antonio Gibson's Jonathan Taylor, but I don't think he's going to be a slouch. And so the fact that McKissick is back isn't the best situation for him. It would have been better if McKissick was gone. But I still think you look at Antonio Gibson as a back-end RB1, high-end RB2. All right, so Josh Allen, McCaffrey, and Gibson for Jamie. Uh, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen. Dalton Schultz at tight end. Raheem Mostert at flex. And I had the sixth pick, and I started with Alvin Kamara, and then I went with at least two, two wide receivers. Maybe three. No, I took Darren Waller. That's right. So Russell Wilson is my quarterback. Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott, who I got in round five. So I went running back, receiver, receiver, tight end, running back. Wilson, Kamara, and Zeke. Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs. Gabriel Davis is my wide receiver three. Uh, Devin Singletary is my flex. You love the build. I do. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, Darren Waller is my tight end. I also have Jalen Hurts to back up Russell Wilson. I have James White. Potentially, you know, you know what he is. Could be a, a low end RB two. Yeah, I think he took him around ten. That was a good pick. Kenny Galladay, Jacoby Myers, Amari Rogers, and Curtis Samuel. Maybe Curtis Samuel can bounce back after taking a year off. Essentially, I'm okay with this team. I think really it might hinge on Amari Cooper. If he has uh, the type of year that a number one receiver, Jamie was talking about this earlier, number one receiver with Sean Watson has, it's going to be a solid team to go along with Stephon Diggs. I think Diggs is going to be better this year. I don't think his target share is going down. Unless they get committed to the run, I don't think that's going to happen. And we saw a rumor they might take Brees Hall or something like that. But Right. Something like that would absolutely raise some eyebrows. I think he'll do better with the targets this year than he did last year. Yeah, the thing I think you fear is I, I don't – like Brees Hall to me doesn't really make me scared of Stephon Diggs because – then you have the threat of a run game. So maybe, you know, he gets a little bit more single coverage. But I, I think it's, do they sign a Jarvis Landry? You know, there was some talk about him maybe going there. Do they draft a receiver? You know, that could, you know, be somebody that takes away some some target opportunities. Do they get into more, you know, two tight end sets because of O.J. Howard being there and what Dawson Knox did? Does that take away some mm-hmm. touchdown opportunities? You know, so those type of things worry me more about Stephon Diggs than a better run game. They, they picked Jamison Crowder over Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the end of what they're doing, though. Be weird if they added Landry on top of Crowder. 
So well, I mean, Landry, that would be bad for Diggs, obviously. Landry reportedly yeah. wanted twenty million dollars, so right. he opted out of a sixteen million. <laughs> yeah. or he wanted out of a sixteen million. He's not getting that. He's, he's not getting that. And so you know, if he's looking at it, okay, where do I get best chance? You know, if he goes to Buffalo cheap, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. All right, so where do you guys have Diggs? Top five PPR. Yeah, right around there. Fifth is he? Is he who's fourth? Adams for me. Okay. Me too. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for today's show. Remember, we've got another episode coming Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and then a mailbag Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Best way to get on that mailbag is to leave us a five-star Apple podcast review with a question and a comment would be nice. Tell people why you like our show. We're always trying to grow our audience. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us on this Sunday night. We do appreciate it. Have a great night. Have a great Monday. And we will talk to you all on Tuesday on Fantasy Football Today. 